Hey, it's Lo. Hi, I'm Haley. And, and we, we are Wrestling Wind Down. Down. Long time no talk, right? Yes, we're back. We are back, and we are talking about the best matches and moments, the memories, because it's been a while. We have to talk about everything that we missed from Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. A lot happened, and of course, we'll have our word on the street. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. Two weeks have gone by. We've been living it up. You've been in school, and I've been working. Yeah, (laughs) but we went to the Day in Vegas Festival. It was the inaugural hip hop festival here in Las Vegas. Pretty good, I would say. Probably wouldn't go again. Shout out to West Coast Wieners because they had some really good hot dogs. (laughs) I feel like I need to throw that in there. They were good. It was a good music festival, though. I don't know why people steal phones. I didn't get my phone stolen, but people are getting their phones stolen. So if you go to festivals to steal phones, you're an. Let's get into the wrestling because that is why you are here. Last week, Crown Jewel was in Saudi Arabia. (sighs) You know how we feel about this event. Not great. Yeah. But there was so much drama surrounding all the wrestlers coming back to the States. Yeah. Their flight got delayed. We'll tell you a little bit about what we think happened later on in our Word on the Street. But pretty much, flight got delayed. They didn't make it back to SmackDown. It was a very weird 24-48 hours on Twitter after Crown Jewel There were reports that the plane was delayed. There were some travel mechanical issues. And as word started getting out, people were concerned that a majority of the superstars weren't going to make it back for SmackDown, which ended up happening. And it was weird. Like, now stuff is coming out about this whole top 20 thing, and only a certain amount of superstars flew back to the States, and the rest had to stay there for, like, at least 24 more hours, and they came back after SmackDown had aired. So WWE was losing their they didn't know what they were going to do. and like panic mode. They had yes. to fill a whole show with Well, they knew the that they had Carmella, Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn. They pretty had, much, pretty much the had all the women there. So. so they could have done an evolution too, but they decided not to, which, of course, fucking didn't. I'm not mad about what they did, though. So, yeah, they had the NXT invasion, which I think was really good. I think this worked out well because with Survivor Series coming up, and the inception of NXT on the USA Network, people don't see NXT as a quote-unquote developmental mm-hmm. brand anymore. It's just up there with Raw and SmackDown. And I think it's great that they're incorporating them into Survivor Series. It's kind of like a three-way now. Yeah, but this I was, think that's amazing. This was like the perfect opportunity for them to bring people in from NXT and have them attack the superstars that were able to make it on SmackDown. Right, and then they followed this theme to NXT this week. They pretty much brought it with Raw this week as well. Like, I like it. I think it brings excitement Mm -hmm. to wrestling. I think, to be honest with you, I haven't really been interested in wrestling while we've been on our break because I feel like it had a lot of corny going on with the whole Lana and Bobby Lashley storyline and just different stuff. I just wasn't as interested as I was. But now seeing how they're meshing in the NXT superstars and having them involved, like, for instance, Shayna Baszler with Bailey and Becky Lynch, that is so interesting because we're all trying to figure out when Shayna Baszler is going to lose this title. Right. And now she's involved with the other two champions. It's just interesting TV. As Vince McMahon said to Dean Ambrose, that's some good It is. Preach. Yes. I'll drink to that. <laughs> so, yeah, like you said, I think it's amazing. I think that NXT this week was one of the best NXTs I've seen in a while just because the OC did come. Finn Balor came and kind of, like, 
did some stuff with the OC and it just was very interesting how the three brands are kind of meshing together and Survivor Series I think is going to be one of the best pay-per-views we've seen in a while just because it's so much new talent and I know over and over again we say that we want new storylines and we're tired of the same old stuff and this is the time that they're actually doing it right I think that this is like the pathway that they needed to be on a while ago that we're going to get new storylines we're going to get new developments it's going to be amazing i'm so excited i think it's interesting too the amount of superstars and talent that we're seeing we saw seth rollins go against walter this week on raw never in a million years did i think that we'd see walter or the imperium on raw so soon but i'm not complaining they're incredible talent the imperium ended up getting involved with the seth rollins and walter match which turned into seth rollins kevin owens and street profits going against the imperium Rollins, Owens, and Street Profits ended up picking up the win. But just meshing these talents together, Chef's Kiss, so good. Like, I love it. And we saw this go into NXT, like you said. And we saw it go into SmackDown tonight. Mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler doesn't give a <laughs> She had her interview. She said she's not scared of Bailey. She's attacked Bailey numerous times. I love it. And she shot a promo with Becky Lynch. Like, the fact that Shayna Baszler, who terrifies everyone on the NXT roster, is coming to these other rosters, like, this is amazing. She's going up against huge talent, and this will be so much for NXT. We saw the SmackDown Tag Team Championships change hands this week. The New Day with Kofi Kingston and Big E are now Tag Team Champions. They defeated the Revival to become seven-time Tag Team Champions, and... We know Xavier Woods is out with injury, and him and Big E have really been the tag team of the New Day. We know these three are great in a tag team together, but I feel like we're so used to seeing Kofi Kingston on his own that we didn't think Kofi Kingston would win a tag team title at this point. And to be honest with you, it's a little bit disappointing. Actually, no, it's a lot disappointing because it's almost like a downgrade. Kofi Kingston, as we know, he lost his title in a really sh** he lost it to Brock Lesnar in what six seconds like two seconds it was insane like so sad and now he's tag team champion now I'm not saying the tag team champions aren't prestigious they are they've been held by so many incredible wrestlers but you have this man who was the first African WWE champion and now he's tag champ like he's not even a single superstar he's back anymore to where he started exactly and it pisses me off I don't understand why he's not in the title picture anymore I know the title picture has progressed as we saw on crown jewel which we didn't watch but we saw online the fiend bray wyatt ended up winning the universal championship from seth rollins and what a lot of people thought wasn't going to happen because he got screwed at the last pay-per-view and it was just shocking but it was a good shocking and now since he was a member of the smackdown roster he's taken the universal championship with him and now brock lesnar who is still the WWE champion, he was on SmackDown. He quote unquote quit SmackDown and went to Raw. So He's the titles just, done just for a sec, the titles switched. Yeah. So I don't know if I see Kofi Kingston necessarily getting back into that title picture. I think WWE is planted the seeds on this week's SmackDown with Bray Wyatt attacking Daniel Bryan and putting the mandible claw on him for us to kind of see that maybe I think that Daniel this Bryan. Would be a really cool story. Absolutely. Line. I think it would be amazing just because we've seen. Daniel Bryan heel for so long and now that he made the switch he's gonna go against the worst of the worst like that's such a good storyline I definitely agree with you I think that Daniel Bryan 
we've mentioned this before, ever since he had his tag team championship reign with Rowan, it kind of feels like he's just kind of been hanging out. You know, he's been out of the loop. But now, you know, he's starting to kind of get back in there. He's doing his thing. But this is the perfect storyline to put him back on top to where he was. I think they could definitely have a long-lasting storyline that fans are interested in. They're both very versatile competitors. Daniel Bryan has been around for a long time. He's even been a part of the Wyatt family before. So he knows the mind games that Bray Wyatt plays, and I feel like he could definitely bring some spice to the table. And they have such dedicated fans. Absolutely. We also saw something that I stand on SmackDown this week. Sasha Banks has a new theme song, and girl, it is great, okay? Can you sing it for us? I can't. (laughs) So, I know this probably isn't, like, top wrestling news, but she ended up getting a new theme song. We saw Bailey has a new theme song, and Sasha Banks has incorporated her cousin Snoop Dogg into her theme. I love it. I think with the whole hair change and her new attitude, it definitely brings some flair. Honestly, I'm not really sure why they decided to have it on this show. It wasn't in the U.S. I think it's in the U.K., but the fan reaction was kind of... I mean, the fans kind of like... It seemed like they didn't know her theme song changed, and I feel like if they were anywhere in the U.S. They didn't notice? Honestly, it seemed like it. If you saw the reaction, it looked like the crowd was dead. It it wasn't a good reaction. If I was their girl, I would have been hollering. Right. But the fans really seemed like they were just kind of like, okay, let's just start the match. Sasha Banks went against Nikki Cross and picked up the victory. After the match, we saw Bailey attack Cross and then... Like we said earlier, Shayna Baszler came out and attacked Bailey again. So we saw some great women's action on NXT this week. Dakota Kai wanted to prove herself to be on Team Ripley, so she decided that the way that she would do that is go against Shayna Baszler. And I have never seen Dakota Kai fight so hard in her whole life. Like, it seemed like she was going to beat Shayna Baszler, and then at the very end, she tapped out by submission, which was really disappointing. But she really, all she wanted to do was prove herself, and I think she did that. Unfortunately, she did not get chosen for Team Ripley. Mia Yin got the last spot. I think the reason why this was such a good match is because these two have history together. Months ago, even maybe a year ago, we saw Dakota Kai in a match against Shayna Baszler. And if I remember correctly, I believe Shayna Baszler was the one that that had injured Dakota Kai, and that's why she was out for a long period of time. So Dakota Kai was tired of being pushed around, which is why she decided to go out for this challenge. Right. It reminds me a lot of Bailey's whole storyline right now, how she was tired of being pushed around, so she revamped herself. And I kind of like that for both these girls. Like, I think that that's a really powerful storyline that women all over the world and the girls can see everywhere. I like that. Agreed. So for War Games, the team so far, we have Rhea Ripley, who is the captain of her team. She has Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler, who is the captain of her team, Yoshirai, Bianca Belair, and another member who is who to be announced. And a lot of people are asking, why didn't Shayna just recruit Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke and... I saw a tweet from Shayna this week that said, why put two people on my team that I know I can trust already when I could just have six people on my team versus the four on Rhea Ripley's team, which I think is genius. We know that Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke are going to get involved either way. I don't like them. They're bullies. They are mean, but the whole stable with them and Shayna, I feel like they're just so good together, and I'm praying for the day that we see them versus the four horse women. Mm-hmm. It'll be such an incredible match. 
I just had like a Total Divas flashback. I don't even think anyone watches Total Divas anymore except me. The ratings are extremely low, but if anyone watches that show, Marina Shafir is on there, Ronda Rousey is on there, and they're doing the whole thing with Ronda Rousey when she was still active in the WWE. It's definitely a watch. Did you know that Ronda Rousey has a farm? A farm? Yes, she has a farm, oh. Rousey Acres, and she has like goats and all types. The show is pretty interesting. Natty put peanut butter on herself this week for Ronda Rousey's dog to like her. I, you gotta watch the show. I can't make it up. It's it's a good watch. I mean, okay. if you like reality TV, Corey Graves and Carmelo are on there too. Very interesting. I'll have to check. That it out. was not a paid ad. The more you know, right? Yeah, it is the more you know. How are you feeling about the whole Finn Balor and OC thing? We saw a couple weeks ago. Finn Balor, head-to-head with the Undisputed Era in the ring. He had Johnny Gargano on his side, and he had Tommaso Ciampa. Finn goes to take off his jacket, kicks Johnny Gargano in the head. Undisputed Era goes and attacks Tommaso Ciampa. Finn Balor's just standing there. He doesn't do anything. He's kind of like in this daze just watching. And we didn't know if he was with the Undisputed Era or not. And then this week, we saw the OC attack the Undisputed Era for the start of NXT's episode. And then we saw them go head-to-head with Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and the ultimate bro, mm-hmm. Matt Riddle. And at the end of the match, we saw Finn kind of, like, mimic something to AJ Styles. And I don't know. I think I'm a little bit uneducated on, like, the whole Bullet Club, Balor Club, the whole reference with them. Finn did this thing with his hands. AJ Styles did the too sweet. And I don't know. It kind of showed maybe, like, a partnership are we going to see the OC versus Undisputed Era in the near future? I mean, it's four on four now. Right. He came out and he immediately hit Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. So that kind of shows that he was definitely on the OC side. I mean, he has a history with them. I know yeah. their history in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I just don't know their hand signals. Right. No, like, I think that them against the Undisputed Era would be crazy. I mean, I had goosebumps when I saw AJ Styles and the OC come out and stand in the in an NXT ring. Yeah. It kind of reminded like, me. We never thought this would yes, happen. Yes, it reminded me of how AJ Styles used to be on TNA Impact and how it was kind of like the same size crowd and it kind of reminded me of how NXT is now it just it had that like feeling of like togetherness I don't know like it was like a come to Jesus moment for me but never did I think I would see AJ Styles in an NXT ring but I'm glad that we're getting we have AEW full gear happening this weekend and I gotta say Cody Rhodes definitely put on a promo this week and he told Chris Jericho off. He called him a dick on live television and didn't get bleeped out. You know, I think this match with Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho is definitely going to be a good one. Cody mentioned this week that if he does not win the AEW Heavyweight Championship, he will not challenge for it again. And in the back of my head, as much as I love MJF, I really feel like this is MJF's time to turn heel. MJF has been like this, Cody Rhodes is my best friend. I love Cody Rhodes and whatever. He's my mentor. And last pay-per-view, we thought that MJF was going to screw Cody Rhodes over and Cody was going to lose his match. But I feel like now is the perfect time. Mm -hmm. Cody is in this position to win the top title in AEW. 
And MJF is kind of like the supportive friend. It only makes sense that MJF would screw him over at this point, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, MJF is such a good heel. Like, he just really doesn't care. Yeah. Like, he will do anything. And so it's really surprising that he's held out this long and not attack Cody. Right. So it has to come eventually. And now is the time. The time. <laughs> I definitely feel like MJF could fit in this inner circle that Chris Jericho has going on just because... It's such a youthful and diverse group, and I feel like MJF could definitely be Chris Jericho's, like, right-hand man at this point. Because Chris Jericho doesn't fuck either, so... And MJF, I mean, we know how MJF is, so I feel like he'd fit in perfectly. Right. So, as we mentioned, AEW Full Gear is happening this weekend, and the match card is pretty stacked. I think it's going to be an incredible pay-per-view, as always. As we just mentioned, the main event of the night for the AEW World Championship is Chris Jericho versus Cody Rhodes. We'll also see Jon Moxley facing off against Kenny Omega in an unsanctioned lights-out match. We'll also see the Young Bucks go up against Santana and Ortiz. We'll also see the AEW Tag Team Championships on the line. SCU are defending their newly won titles versus the Lucha Bros and Private Party. For the AEW Women Championship, Riho versus Emi Sakura. We'll also see Adam Hangman Page going up against Pac. Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. We also have a pre-match on the buy-in. Dr. Britt Baker will go against B Priestley, which I don't know why it's on the pre-show. I mean... That seems like it's going to be a good match. Uh, I mean, it will be a good match, but I definitely think this should have been on the main card. Right, Personally, exactly, yeah. I think they've had this long-developed storyline versus the women's match, which is kind of like thrown together at the last minute. But I digress. I'm just saying. We're just going to sip some wine. We are. And- Pour some more. It's fine. (laughs) Let's get into our word on the street. Let's talk about Saudi Arabia. So a lot of rumors start circulating right after the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view that the quote-unquote top 20 superstars flew back to the U.S. and all the other superstars were stranded in Saudi Arabia. And everyone was trying to figure out what the f*** is going on. And WWE released a statement saying that there were mechanical issues that stopped the plane from leaving Saudi Arabia. WWE spokesman declined to comment when asked about claims that the delay was linked to another rumor that had been going around, which was that, according to Forbes, WWE commentator Hugo Savinovich has speculated on Facebook that WWE CEO Vince McMahon had called for the feed of the crown jewel to be cut off early due to mispayments from Saudi Arabia for their past events that they had in the country, which totaled hundreds of millions of dollars. And WWE denied these allegations, and I read that supposedly the prince paid the money, and that's why the plane had left, and superstars were allowed to come home. And people were pissed. These superstars, I know they like to stay in kayfabe, and they like to do their whole character work, but these superstars were pissed. Rusa tweeted, at this point in time, we need all the prayers, brother, dot, 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 brother, in terms, I thought he was shading Hulk Hogan, because I read that Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, they went off in their private jet. Brock Lesnar went off in his private jet. They flew home when they needed to. But the other superstars like Rusev, Kurt Hawkins, Luke Gallows, they were all stuck over there. Wrestling reporter Dave Meltzer said that... Sorry. (laughs) No offense. I don't know why you're using that as a source, but okay. So he said that multiple wrestlers contacted him saying that it was kind of like a hostage situation. The Body Slam reported that the wrestlers were calling it a power play by Saudi Arabia, which just makes us so messy. I'm going to put a side note in there because I know a lot of people 
they might like Dave Meltzer's news. But Dave Meltzer thought that Roman Reigns' cancer was fake. So I'm not oh. taking anything that he says. Cancel like, that. Back yeah. up. We're not. Forget I said that. We're not going to. Yeah. We're not going to take him as a credible source at this point. A couple days after the whole pay-per-view incident and them not flying home, there was news released that WWE has signed a new deal with Saudi Arabia. Mm, love that. And all I can say to that is what the f*** are you doing to your superstars? I understand if this was a whole mechanical issue, which the more information comes out and as time goes on, we're going to tell that it wasn't a mechanical issue. There's no way that 20 superstars, which I'm sure we could probably figure out who the top 20 are, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, you know, top of the card. They probably flew home. They were home with their families. People like Kurt Hawkins, people that aren't utilized on a regular basis, they stayed there, which is bull****. I feel like if you're in a company and you have your superstars, you make sure either all your superstars go or none of them. You don't play the you favorites. all of them. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, do you have some wine? Are you ready? I need some. Okay. Okay. Hold on. This is awful. WWE decided to extend their partnership with Saudi Arabia, holding two events in Saudi Arabia through 2027. 2027. That's eight years. So I'm reading that this whole announcement was likely released due to WWE's slumping stock price after... The whole incident with them and Saudi Arabia, they were trying to save their ass. CYA, cover your ass. And that's why they put out this announcement. And a lot of superstars, even more than before, we know that Sami Zayn said that he was not going to Saudi Arabia. The women were finally allowed to go over there, two of them. and But that still is a huge... It is an that, accomplishment. Yes. I'm not saying that it's not an accomplishment. It is a huge accomplishment, but... The rest of the women's roster was in the United States. They had two women go over there. Yeah. We saw what happened in the last pay-per-view. We thought two women were going to face off. And they got sent we were ex- right back home. Well, they actually didn't get sent home. They got over there. They thought they were going to fight. And then they told them, never mind. Right. That was a huge step for them. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. But the way they treated the male superstars and the way that they did not care about their safety is bullshit. And... Like I said, we've seen Sami Zayn, we've seen Daniel Bryan. They said that they're not going over there, and I don't blame them. But now when WWE goes to do their next event in Saudi Arabia and they have two superstars going over there because no one else wants Everyone to go. Everyone else is like, you kept me on a plane for 24 hours. Like, no, thank you. I just feel like this is going to get extremely messy. 2027. Unbelievable. I can't even process that. Randy Orton, who just extended his contract with WWE for five years, just got on Instagram and issued a challenge to John Cena to fight him at WrestleMania 36. Hmm. We haven't seen John Cena in the ring for a while now right. because he's working on movies and he's hollywood girl he has a lot to do yeah and so it, it, do you think that this is something that could happen i think so yeah i mean john cena is still a wwe superstar at the end of the day he might not be an active 365 wwe superstar like the rest of the roster but when you see john cena you think of wwe right and i feel like john cena is getting to the point where he is about to retire and this could be maybe like one of the last storylines or matches that he has i definitely personally don't see him going out to randy orton it just doesn't make sense to me i mean they've had their history together and i guess they're friends in real life they've had incredible storylines together but i don't see john cena ending his amazing wwe career with randy orton i feel like it would make more sense to put him in a match where he's kind of as we've mentioned before passing the torch along i don't know if it's against 
Roman Reigns. I feel like Roman Reigns is like the next person to fill John Cena's shoes, mm-hmm. but they've had their history before too. So I feel like it has to be something that we've never seen before because John Cena is WWE. Even though he's gone Hollywood, he made fun of The Rock before for going Hollywood and said he'd never do that. And now he's doing the same damn thing. John Cena's WWE at the end of the day, and that's his home. So I feel like WWE has to go grand. They have to go big with his retirement. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people thought that a couple years ago when he challenged Undertaker at WrestleMania, that was going to be his last match, which would have made sense because The Undertaker and John Cena are two incredible, iconic superstars in WWE, but they didn't do it that way. So... I think it should be Roman Reigns. Don't think it should be Randy Orton, but at I'd be excited either way. Me too. At WrestleMania, it could be cool, but we'll see. I definitely see it being a WrestleMania, him having his last match going on. But yes, we'll see. As long as he doesn't get engaged again. Sorry, Nikki. Oops. <laughs> I love them together. But now you look back and you get sad. I get sad. So WWE on Fox released a video this week with Renee Young hashtag WWE backstage we asked her red or white wine and here's what she had to say all right so from wrestling wine down hello you guys sound like you're lovely to hang out with red or white wine red of course I always go red white tends to give me more of a headache but geez let's talk about a wine hangover in general no thank you they're trouble two or three glasses then I'm out incredible she thinks we're lovely. Side note, which is like completely random. I actually met Renee Young, what, like a year ago? Yeah. She had came to UNLV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, for people that are not from Las Vegas. And she spoke to she spoke to a podcasting class that my friend was in. And I found out that Renee Young was coming and I freaked out. My friend had no idea who Renee Young was. A lot of people in the class didn't know who Renee Young was. But Lo loves herself so much. Yes, I was like, oh my God, Renee Young's going to be there. So I like made sure my schedule was clear so I could go in and hear Renee talk. And it was just really cool. And at that time, Wrestling Wine Down had not started yet. It was. It was a North It was like, actually, it was like a month before we had really kicked everything off. And right. I remember telling her, like, oh, I'm starting this podcast. Like, it's going to be called Wrestling Wine Down. We're premiering it during WrestleMania. She was really excited about it. And then this last semester, the semester you guys are in right now, my friend actually went and listened to her talk. And she had mentioned that she wants to do a podcast with wine and mm. drinking and wrestling. And I'm like, girl, hello. Hello. We have one started. Just we have red us. wine for her. She's a red wine drinker. Yeah. So as we've said before, the invite's always open. But what an incredible moment. Amazing. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wine Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCast. That is at WWDCAST. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? We upload episodes every Saturday. Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.